You're now listening to a Binge Bull Brain podcast, the show that teaches simple neuroscience-based strategies to ending binge eating, overeating, and emotional eating through the inside-out understanding of your habits. I'm Natalia, your host, and I'm here to help you create wellness without the obsession. Let's get started. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the Binge Proof Brain podcast. In today's episode, we are going to talk about the differences between biological and psychological urges to binge. I know that you guys really love the topic of urges, so let's dive deeper into this topic. And I want you to know that we can categorize urges in various ways. So, for example, in my Binge Pro Brain workbook, I talk about deserving demanding or whispering urges. But this categorization matters when we are looking at the content of the of the urge, so how it sounds. But also we can categorize urges by what is driving uh, that urge. So urges can be driven by physical restriction, mental restriction, emotional regulation, and also habit. But in today's podcast episode, I want to talk about uh, biological urges, so urges driven by your physiology, and also psychological urges, because psychological urges are a little bit more mental, uh, so they have something to do with your mind, less with the body. And I believe that this is the most important distinction that helps you to move forward in your uh, recovery. So let's talk today about these two separate categories. But I want you to know that these two can and will co-occur because we know that there is a body and mind connection. They do interfere with each other. So the boundaries between biological and psychological urges are a little bit more fuzzy, right? They are not well defined. We can see urges on a spectrum. On one end, we are going to have psychological urges and on the other end, uh, physiological urges. But of course, in the middle, you know, it's going to be hard to, dis to distinguish uh, which is which. In order for us to be on the same page, quick reminder, what is an urge? So the urge to binge will be this inner feeling of desire for food and it's associated with this tension in your body that you want to resolve by binging. And today we are going to talk about biological and psychological urges. So let's start with biological urges. So they may occur in somebody's body when their body is in so-called starvation mode. <laughs> so due to a long period of restriction, their body is sending urges to eat, overeat or binge. So <laughs> this is beautiful mechanism because your body wants to protect you, right? So your body will do whatever it, it is possible, whatever it can to get those calories in. <laughs> And usually... It will obtain those calories through sending those cravings for high-calorie foods. So these high-calorie foods give your body the most bang for your back. <laughs> Biological urges also occur when you restrict certain macronutrients, when you're trying to eat less carbohydrates or less fat. 
Biological urges can also be driven by hormonal issues. For example, you're going to notice that you have more cravings before your period. And that's the topic that we covered in the last podcast episode. Biological urges are generally driven by this binge restrict cycle, but also binge and purge cycle. Because when you purge, you confuse your brain and your stomach, your whole digestive system, and it loses its ability to properly translate hunger and fullness messages. Therefore, <laughs> it, it causes a plethora of, of problems that you are unable to identify the real hunger and fullness signals. So the next question I want to answer is how biological urges feel. So they are definitely more visceral. So every organ, every cell in your body just screams for food. Biological urges can be associated with stronger bodily sensations. Maybe you often feel dizzy, your stomach is growling, maybe you're low in energy, you have this shakiness, maybe you get often headaches, maybe you've got problem with focusing. And what is interesting to my personal uh, observation is that there are some people who have higher level of control in their day-to-day life. So for them, they have control over food, but once they, for example, eat a donut, and for them, it's kind of like a binge. However, even though it seems like they they didn't lose like a total control because they didn't eat the whole box of of donuts, I would still say that this is biological binge, even though for them, it's not that visceral. But again, because they... <laughs> At this point of their life, they still can control, in a way, they they eating um, this one, um, you know, one donut or a tub of ice cream, even though it doesn't feel that visceral. It is still probably biological because they are still dieting. They are still trying to, you know, have that control. And I believe that many of you who are listening to me, maybe you started that way, that you didn't, <laughs> that your first binge wasn't this huge binge, but slowly, like a like a snow globe, it it just um, started to escalate more and more. Uh, so I want you to know that some uh, urges to, to binge, the biological urges, they might be visceral, but they might have not started uh, that way. But <laughs> how I often see it is, is that when you are really biologically hungry, you are kind of like a stray dog <laughs> who hasn't eaten uh, in a long time. And when they get access to a food, they are like really gorging on food because they need for food occurs out of their physical need. <laughs> they just need energy. And for some people, what is interesting uh, observation of mine is that for some people, biological urges can be a little bit more patient, you know? Every time you see food, you are not um, like gorging on food. You, you can eat in a normal manner. However, let's say that you approach a normal meal and all of a the sudden, the, uh, then uh, the floodgates open and you are eating everything that is on your side. <laughs> so you are able to control your food for a while, maybe for breakfast, maybe for dinner. But then at the end of the day, you are trying to eat normal uh, meal, however, it it just becomes 
a binge because your brain uses this opportunity that you are already eating to just eat more, to just binge. That's why I, I sometimes think that some biological urges can be kind of patient. <laughs> that this urge is just around the corner and it waits for you to start eating your regular meal and then it's gonna start. It's gonna use that opportunity that you are already that you already allowed food and you're, you're just gonna eat <laughs> everything that is um, that is surrounding you. <laughs> also, in my opinion, biological urges are often for any type of food. So we, we could say that any food kind of looks good when you're dealing with biological urge. I remember myself, you know, binging on plain rice, pasta, even on something like not really that palatable, like cauliflower rice. <laughs> uh, so uh, so that's, that's also this, that your brain and your body, they are so starved that's kind of like you're going to eat whatever. You're not going to take time uh, to cook proper meal. Of course, you probably are going to crave comfort foods, like those foods high in sugar and fat. However, if you don't have those foods available, you're just going to eat whatever it's possible. And I think that your cravings will also depend on, on what kind of diet you are. So let's say that you are trying to do the low-fat diet, Therefore, you're going to find yourself craving more fat. However, if you are on a low-carb diet or keto diet, then you're going to find yourself craving definitely more sugar. And it doesn't have to be cookies. You just may crave during a binge something like sweet potatoes. <laughs> Maybe also, um, you know, in your day-to-day -day life, you are trying to eat just savory foods because you believe that something that tastes sweet, that it just causes binge eating. So in the everyday life, you are trying to eat mostly savory foods. Therefore, during a binge, you are going to crave that, that sweet taste. And I also want to talk about a couple of examples from my life when I was dealing with biological urges to binge. Uh, so of course, at the beginning, when I was trying to suppress my weight by controlling the amount of food I ate, uh, by you know, portion size, or even just by, you know, trying to eat when I'm hungry, stop when I'm full, but in a way more controlling way, that's the time when biological urges started. But I didn't even know that they were driven by dieting. I also dealt with biological urges when I tried to combine uh, intermittent fasting with binge eating recovery, right? So at the beginning, the first meal of a day, I was just like, yeah, I'm opening my eating window, so I just have to eat, 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 eat. <laughs> so the first meal, um, yeah, would be definitely huge meal. Biological urges also occurred in my life when I was over-exercising. And also when I tried to do the high-carb, low-fat diet, you know, at some point when I allowed some fat into my diet, I became quickly obsessed with fat. So I would always binge on high fat foods like peanuts, nuts. And because my body wasn't used to eating so much fat, after eating those foods, I would always feel very nauseous. Uh, biological urges can also occur because of the hormones. Uh, so maybe every month before your period, you notice increased cravings, but maybe also when you ditched birth control, you also find yourself that your hormones are kind of out of the whack, your appetite is out of the whack, you are gaining weight on, on air, 
And that was kind of my experience uh, as well. Uh, you also probably know that I suffer from amenorrhea. Uh, so after getting my period back, I still was eating a lot uh, because I believe that my body just wanted to create this this like safety cushion around my body in case of future star- starvation. So I definitely overshoot um, my weight. You know, I didn't stop at the presumable set point weight. Uh, I'm telling you that because I believe that it's important to know that biological urges still can occur even when you are gaining weight, even when you are on a calorie surplus. They do not disappear after, you know, just one or two days of eating above your calories. It may take weeks or even months of overfeeding for your body to kind of settle a little bit and regain trust that you are going to feed it uh, properly. And when I was recovering from my amenorrhea, my, my food was really chaotic. You know, every opportunity to eat, I would take that opportunity. I remember there was once one day conference because I was studying abroad at the time. Uh, there was one day conference and I knew that they offer food. So I literally went to that conference just so that I can have snacks and so on. Uh, I also remember that after the first semester, some students were leaving our dormitory and, you know, some people just left some food behind on like a, our table in the kitchen so that everybody could take whatever they want. And I remember that people left stuff like pasta, rice and I, I just took those things and I, you know, were, uh, were cooking, eating them. Uh, so as you can see, those were really those biological urges because for me, it didn't really matter what kind of food it was. I just wanted food. I just needed calories. <laughs> now let's talk about the psychological urges. So psychological urges are kind of like emotional eating because they are your way of dealing with uncomfortable emotions and you are using food to numb out. And when we talk about psychological urges, they also can be driven by mental restriction or at least perceived restriction. And it's this, I want that, but I can have it mentality. And that's just um, exaggerated when you have a lot of food rules and you limit yourself, you are trying to diet. So mental Uh, restriction can drive biological urges too because perceived scarcity causes biological urges too to overeat. So even though um, right now I classified mental restriction as something that causes psychological urges, I want you to know that it can also cause biological urges as well. So how those psychological urges feel? Well, in my opinion, you feel them a little bit less in your body and a little bit more in your mind. You may find yourself craving specific comfort foods or forbidden foods. So you have this mentality that, okay, I want chocolate right now. And maybe you are also focused on like specific texture, tastes, uh, maybe even smell And what is important is that not every food will satisfy you. So you look for a food with a higher bliss point. 
And with the psychological urges, I would say that a lot of thinking is involved. You are thinking to yourself like, oh, should I have it? Should I stop myself? How many calories does it have? Should I try eating something healthier? So in general, you are overthinking a little bit. Uh, There's this empty void (laughs) that you are trying to fulfill. You are looking for something that could satisfy your unidentified need. Because in general, in that moment, you know that you want something, but you don't know what is it. (laughs) So uh, psychological urges occur maybe when you are fighting with boredom. You want to procrastinate. You want to distress, relax. You want to loosen up a little bit. You want to treat yourself. So you are searching the pantry and there is a sense of urgency, like you want to eat something um, right now. And these are a couple of examples of psychological urges um, that used to occur in my life. So, of course, when I was anxious and depressed, I was just eating all day (laughs) because I was just sad and I wanted to elevate my mood with food. Also, I would have those psychological urges before or after social gatherings. So let's say that before some kind of party, I put a dress on and dress didn't fit well. Like I saw how fat I am. <laughs> and and in that moment, I would just binge to prove myself how unattractive I am. <laughs> I would try to like punish myself or, or whatever. <laughs> but also the binge could occur after a party because I just wanted to distress. Because during the party, you know, I kind of had to hold myself together. I had to pretend that I'm a sociable person. And when I came back, I just wanted to, you know, to be myself, <laughs> to just be with food. Uh, in the past, I would also have those psychological urges related to stress, maybe stress at work or maybe stress at the university, before, during exams. Um, I also had those urges when I had like real problems in my life and then I would find myself binge eating way more to kind of escape the reality because I was treating binge eating as a scapegoat. So I was focusing all of my attention on fixing that problem in my life and I believed that once I fixed this issue, like all will be well. (laughs) So I don't have to, you know, take care of other of my problems. Like binge eating is the most important problem to fix. But I want you to know that I had those psychological urges, not only because of like negative emotions, negative situations, but also uh, when something positive was happening in my life. So when I was studying abroad, I was dating a guy. And again, everything was was going well, but because during each date, you know, I kind of try to show my best self. So I felt like I need to tone tone it down uh, when it comes to, I don't know, showing my my true self. So even though during uh, each date, I was very happy, I was coming back home feeling pretty good, I still binged after almost every date just because I wanted to kind of like loose up after (laughs) Uh, because you know during um, the dating phase you kind of feel observed you kind of feel maybe overstimulated so you just want to sink into the couch and have this intimate moment just you and your food (laughs) so that was my way to like kind of distress Um, so again even though 
I was flooded with kind of positive feelings, I still felt like I need to relax just on my own, <laughs> just be myself. <laughs> okay, so now you know the difference between biological and psychological urges. So the question is, how does this help you? Well, I really need you to honestly ask yourself, how do your urges feel? Because I know that one of the mistakes people make is believing that it's all mental, uh, that they do not physically restrict. So if they are trying to fix, they are kind of like trying to fix the wrong problem. Uh, but there are also other people who believe that it's not psychological, that they are totally fine and it's just their bad genes, ADHD, impulsive personality or bad habits that are driving the, the habit of binge eating. So they believe that this habit was established years ago and it just stick to them and there is nothing they can do right now. And um, that's funny because for a couple of years, especially at the beginning of my binge eating, I believed that my urges and my binge eating, it's all biological. However, I didn't think that it was driven by dieting. I believe that it's uh, kind of like biological, but I'm binging because I have no willpower, that I'm broken. <laughs> One time I, I remember that I fell off the bike and I believe that uh, because I didn't have a helmet, I believe that I broken my appetite center in the brain because short after that I relapsed on my binge eating and I just couldn't stop eating. That's why I believe that I just have broken brain. <laughs> How convenient, isn't it? <laughs> so I didn't have to, you know, work on my emotions. I didn't have to work on my mindset. I, I just had broken brain. <laughs> so I believed uh, at the time uh, that I had no emotional or psychological urges. And I'm telling you this because it might be you too. <laughs> you may also believe uh, the same things that I used to believe. And, and the reason is why I thought that I don't have emotional slash uh, psychological urges is because I was so much detached from my emotions that I didn't even know that I had them. The thing is that I grew up in a house with people who expressed their emotions in an intense way. Uh, but at the same time, expressing emotions was unwelcomed. <laughs> Very funny situation. So me, my mom, two older sisters, you know, we are all women. So our hormones were always running high. Oh my God, poor father of mine, you know, <laughs> no wonder he stayed outside the house as much as possible. So you can imagine uh, that we are, we were all hormonal hormonal ladies. <laughs> and also my, mo my mother had anger issues. So at the very early age, I figured out that I can protect myself by not showing emotions. I was kind of like, right now I know that I had just a freeze reaction to, <laughs> to emotions, but you know, uh, I was telling myself different, different story. I believed that it is inappropriate to express anger directly. And I believe that I show my superiority by not reacting emotionally in many situations. Um, I believe that anger should be suppressed. <laughs> but we all know that we need to express anger. So instead of um, 
expressing it directly, I just started developing passive aggressive behavior. (laughs) So at the time, I didn't know that you can allow anger without reacting to it. I just wanted to be like Mr. Spock. (laughs) So for, for a long time, I really avoided feeling my emotions. I would quickly rationalize them. So even when I got into therapy and coaching, I would try to immediately change my thoughts to change my feelings to avoid feeling them. (laughs) And again, I'm telling you this because you may have the same limiting beliefs. How many times in your life you've heard that, I don't know, boys don't cry, don't be a, a little girl, stop crying and so on. So your parents might have dismissed your emotions. They said something like, oh, don't be silly. It's just a cuddly toy. I can buy you another one. Let's go and get some ice creams. <laughs> parents are also well known of uh, disapproving of your emotions. They may say something like, oh, come on, Katty. Um, there is nothing to be afraid of in your room. Just go to bed and go to sleep and everything will be well. You just made it all up. (laughs) And what happens in the children's brains when they hear dismissing or disapproving comments like that? Well, they stop trusting their own feelings. They think that something is wrong with them when uh, when they express those bad, unwanted emotions. Uh, so, so yeah, they may internalize that maybe they are bad people for having those bad feelings. So right now, I want you to be really honest with yourself. What is the nature of your urges? Because identifying what drives your urges, that can help you deal with them. Time for some final words from me. So I want to remind you what I said at the beginning, that both psychological and biological urges can occur together because there's an interplay between your body and mind. So physiological states like hunger can make you more susceptible to saying yes to psychological urges. But also biological urges can be driven by your psychology when there's mental restriction present. Because in this case, your mind convinces your body that you have limited food resources and that activates biological mechanisms that drive overeating and binge eating. I also want to say that taking care of your biological urges often may take all urges away Especially if you are a person who is already interested in like self-development. Maybe you did some coaching or therapy in the past. You are not afraid of your own human experience. You welcome all uncomfortable feelings. And taking care of those biological urges by just eating enough on a consistent basis, that kind of solves the problem (laughs) for you. And of course, cravings and emotional eating will remain in your life, but in a healthy dose that doesn't require doing anything about it. I also want to say that working just on your psychological urges without addressing biological needs, that may lead to relapse. (laughs) You may find yourself that, okay, you are doing well for a while, 
but then you relapse and you are back at, back to square one. Well, <laughs> to be honest, you are never really back to square one. You always um, learn something from your mistake, you mistakes. You always make some progress. So you're not really back to square one, but it might feel like this uh, for you, especially when you relapse after a period of time when you were doing okay. So those are all the things that I wanted to say in today's podcast episode. Uh, I just want to remind everybody that uh, at the moment I'm not taking any new clients. I know that in the outro to this podcast episode, there will be information that, hey, if you want to apply for coaching, uh, just click the link below. Uh, so you can still do that. However, you are going to be put on a waiting list uh, for my coaching practice. So once my coaching practice opens up again in the distant future, you will be first to serve. Um, so again, just want to tell you because I don't want to change the outro uh, to this podcast. So it's going to stay like this. And you're going to hear it in the future episodes, but it doesn't mean that there is a space in my practice for new clients. It just means that uh, you will be put in uh, in a waiting list. <laughs> okay. Uh, thank you so much for listening to me today and see you in the next episode. Bye. If you enjoyed today's podcast episode and you would like to stay in touch with me, make sure to follow Binge Pro Brain on Instagram. And if you are ready to take this material to the next level and apply what you've learned, then go ahead and submit your coaching application for my Binge Pro Brain coaching program. Thank you so much for joining me today and have a great day. Bye.